You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. City Church, welcome to uh, this Memorial Day weekend. Trust you guys are having a good, good time, managing to take some time with your family, take a break. Uh, it is appropriate as we kick off this morning that uh, right off, right from the outset, we we remember our veterans. We are so grateful for the service that they've done for us across the nation. Uh, we live in the benefit of their service and really it is just a privilege. And so it's, it's going to be worthwhile just as we, as we uh, kick off this time looking at the word that uh, let's just pray for those that have given their lives um, in service to this country. And just think in particular at this point in time to, to our physicians and doctors and EMTs particularly during this, this current crisis. And so, Lord, we, yeah, we turn our hearts towards you this morning. We want to thank you, Lord, for, for the many that have given their lives in service to this nation, Lord. We think of the many, Lord, that at this time are, are laying down their lives in service to those that are not well. And so uh, we just ask for your favor and your blessing, Lord, on physicians and nurses and EMTs, Lord, the emergency responders, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the armed forces, Lord, for those that serve this nation, Lord. Thank you that we live in the benefit of their service. The freedoms that we enjoy, Lord, have not come cheaply. And so we want to give you thanks for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for them, Lord. Pour out your blessing on them and their families at this time. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, also, uh, yeah, many, many in our ranks that uh, are graduating in this, in this season. And so I just want to say congratulations. Uh, just critical milestones as you progress into all that God has for you. Well done. Uh, we are really excited and stoked. And as far as I understand, there'll be more about that a little bit later. Um, and so, yeah, I want to dig into the word this morning. Um, I want to continue to just pick up where, uh, where Terry left off. We're looking at the church being the church. Um, the church obviously has gone through many seasons, through through the ages, many many different challenges, and so we face unique challenges at this time. Um, and yet, uh, yeah, just uh, continuing to trust that the kingdom is advancing and God is 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 at work. Um, I'm always so amazed to see when you look back to see that God is always taking the initiative, always moving, always working. And uh, sometimes it takes time for us to be able to look back and see, okay, I, now I see what God was doing in that season. And so I want to pick up uh, in Ezekiel 47. Terry last week just picked up with the bride, just the picture of the bride in combat boots. I want to look at Ezekiel 47 verse 6. And it says this, uh, it's the picture of the river of life. Um, and in verse 6, after, after the angel has shown um, Ezekiel the river, he said, Son of man, do you see this? And he says, He led me 
back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows from the eastern region towards the eastern region and goes down into the Araba, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the water flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Eglaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. And really the river speaks of the life and power and presence of God. Um, you know, it's repeated again in Revelation 22. And even as, uh, even as Terry last week was speaking about the bride, Revelation 22 verse 1, it says, The angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and, and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And earlier on it says that that city is the new Jerusalem adorned as a bride. It's the picture is another, or the picture of a city of this new Jerusalem is another picture of the church, the bride. And it says on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And it's really just this uh, incredible picture of the bride of Christ with the river of life flowing through its streets, through its, its midst. I love the picture of crystal clear living water, just the unmuddied, unsullied life and power of the Holy Spirit um, springing forth from each of us. You know, Jesus, when he stands up um, during one of the feasts, he says, I am the water of life. You know, and it's this picture of us as we come and drink of the Holy Spirit um, that actually each of us, in a sense, become a spring of life, a well of life. That, uh, that the gift of the Holy Spirit to us is not just about us receiving the Holy Spirit, but us becoming a spring, a source to those around about us. And uh, when we look at this picture in Ezekiel 47, you know, the seas general you know through prophetic imagery it says the, the seas speak of the multitudes of people and where what the picture entails here is uh, this living water flowing through this river this this river of life touching the seas touching the multitudes and it says where the river touches the multitudes there will be life and it says multitudes there will be multitudes of fish and it just speaks of new life and redemption and salvation and healing and restoration that when the church the bride when crystal clear in a sense living water is flowing through its ranks wherever it touches wherever the bride touches wherever the church is as God intended life springs forth And so you think when you think about the river, the banks, it, it speaks of the banks, and and you and you realize very quickly that the reason that the banks exist, the banks exist to channel the life of God to the sea, and 
and as I've been kind of thinking about it and meditating on it, the banks, in a sense, are the structures that we put in place, the various organizational pieces in play through which we, in a sense, channel the life of God to people. Um, when you think about the, the structures in play, our connect groups, um, our new Zoom prayer meetings, um, our leadership structures, our meetings, um, you very realize that those things at best are the banks, not the river. And so the banks without the river, in a sense, is meaningless. And so you realize that uh, just in, in, in meditating on it, that actually as the church is the church, the church being the church, you realize that the lifeblood of the church is actually a mature, functioning priesthood, uh, filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That that is the lifeblood of the church, that through God's people, um, the, the rivers of life, in a sense, are channeled to a hungry and to a thirsty world. Um, you know, thinking of Philippians 1 verse 1, and, and it's the intro to, to the letter to, that Paul is writing to the Philippian church. And he says this, he says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's this little cameo, in a sense, of right order. Paul says, to the saints, not to dead Christians, but to every believer, to the priesthood. Um, I write, I'm writing to the priesthood. I'm writing to every single person. I'm not writing just to, the, to the, the elders, or I'm not just writing to the deacons. In fact, I'm writing first and foremost to the saints. And there's a right order in that. In, in, our, in our hierarchical thinking, we tend to think it should have been, well, right to the elders, and then second tier the deacons, and then third tier the saints. No, actually, he's writing to the saints, to everybody, and then he says, together with level playing field, elders and deacons. And so you realize that very quickly the, the, the church that God intended, the, the structures that God intended to or put in play, um, has always been kind of grassroots. It's always been a little subversive, a little, a little upside down in that sense. The church was never intended for top-down control or for hierarchical structures. The church has always been a, a, a dynamically organized around the explosion of life, that is, salvation and redemption and healing. And uh, when we overstructure, in a sense, it's almost like you're putting banks across the river. Um, and you realize very quickly that, that actually a bank without the river is useless. Um, and so we don't want to get so caught up in doing church. We don't want to get so caught up in the structures around church that we lose the impetus and the weight and the critical importance of being the church. Um, and it's so, it's so pivotal that we understand that being the church is about being a mature, functioning priesthood. Every believer walking in the gift and the call that God has, has placed upon them. That every believer, in a sense, is God's workmanship, his, his um, uh, poetry, his uh, dream. And as we kind of walk in that on an individual level, we start to see the life of God exploding out in the way that God intends.
And so one of the facets that I just want to pick up with this this morning is out of 1 Peter 2 verse 1. It just says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. I want to I highlight a couple of facets of this. First, it is very specific in its expected actions. In other words, I urge you, Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, that, that first in order, first in importance, that first of all, that, that we, we offer requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. So it's specific in its expected actions. It is specific in its scope. It says, for all men. King James Version, it says, for all men. And the Greek word for all, there's the word pantos, where we get the the English word pantheos or pantheon. It is universal. It it speaks of universality. In other words, nobody is to be left out. And then in the NIV, if you're reading the NIV, you see there's a dash there. And, and it implies there that, in a sense, there's an aside. That it says, okay, well, pray for kings and all those in authority. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives. But, but it's an aside. The primary point is offer requests, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving for all men. And the aside is pray for kings and those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives, the thrust of that is so that prayers, intercession, thanksgiving, and requests for all men doesn't get interrupted. Because, the third point is, because of this critical reality that Jesus is the only way. There is no other way by which you can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so why is a mature priesthood so critical to this why is being the church so pivotal to this um well i think that the critical thing for me is that it's you realize that it's not infantile in its outworking in other words it's not christopher robin in winnie the pooh kneeling kneeling next to his bed and saying jesus please save the whole world amen it is much more specific in its expected action There's this fight of faith over every soul because of this critical reality that Jesus is the only way. There's the the prayer of faith that God anticipates and expects. And uh, early on in our journey here in Colorado, I felt uh, I was praying and I was saying, God, how do we see multitudes of people saved? And uh, and he, he said this to me. He said, you see them saved one by one. Um, All that changes is the number of people involved in the one-by-one process. It actually reminded me of Numbers chapter 1, verse 2, where where coming out of Egypt, God does a census of the whole Israel community. And and they list every man by name, one by one. And to whatever degree, we never actually change. We never actually move from that one-by-one process. People are saved one-by-one. 
there's an anticipation and an expectation that on uh, of God on us that actually we engage in thanksgiving prayer intercession requests for people on a one by one basis all that changes is that um, more of us are engaged in 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 a kind of a mature expression of the priesthood more and more of us are engaged in that kind of rigorous process of getting a hold of God for those that are in our circle get a hold of God for those that God has put in our sphere of influence and trust him from a faith perspective to to in a sense to win the fight of faith and to see people come to salvation we are as a community trusting for a multiplied harvest in this season there is no doubt that there is a an openness of heart and a, and a readiness in a sense to listen in this season many people in a sense bound by fear many people uh, struggling with the uncertainty of the season and for us as believers you know to come to be in this place of maturity to settle those things for ourselves and to press forward and to say, okay, God, in this season, will you give me a harvest? You know, Jesus makes it very clear. He says, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers into the harvest fields. And he makes a faith statement there where he says, the fields are wide unto harvest. And so we are trusting that despite changes in structure, despite situation and circumstance, that we would see just an emerging functioning mature priesthood empowered and filled with the life and power of the holy spirit walking into the full scope the full the the breadth of all that god has for us in this season and so i want to encourage you uh, be deliberate um, take the names of people that that god has put in your sphere of influence and own the process of uh prayer and intercession for them be the church to them specifically and deliberately uh, i am convinced that as we continue to emerge out of the season there will be a multiplied opportunity for us to be the church god bless you guys we love you you know as things open up we're looking forward to getting together but uh, let's not lose what god is doing and has done in this season uh, we love you. God bless you guys.